0: Welcome to Pixel Tunes Radio, a podcast where we have fun talking about video games and video game music. I am spooky Mike. And I'm that apple you find in the bottom
1: of your trick-or-treat bag, Ed. Oh, don't eat that apple. It's got, like, razor blades in it. Or even if it didn't have razor blades in it, who wants an apple when you go trick-or-treating? That's true. Right? Yeah. Stupid grandmothers. <laughs> Stupid. Handing out apples to their... I,
0: when I was a kid and I went trick-or-treating once... I got a small box of special K. Is this the cereal? Yeah, isn't that the weirdest thing to get? Not the not not ketamine like the orange tranquilizer. No, no. Okay. Yeah, special <laughs> K like the cereal. <laughs> Anyways, we are here once again to talk about Halloween and the spooky time of year. Yes, and that track bringing us in
1: was called Ominous Pipe Dreams. So if you remember last year on our first Spooky Tunes episode... I'm sorry,
0: the, the what? The Spooky yeah, Tunes yeah, yeah, we episode.
1: Go. We featured a track from Danny Harrington who was creating a game called Tricks and Treats. And it was a retro game that you could download for free online. And uh, so we, we played a track for him as the outro to that show. And so now he's got a brand new game. So he, he considered that more of a demo. It never really got fully featured and fully finished but he's just released a game called Blood Oath Classic which you can find at www.harrowedcreations.net, and we'll have a link to that yeah. in our show notes and you play as this little black cat and he's gone through eight lives and he has this blood oath to protect his ninth life And he has to get through all these spooky locations. So it's kind of like it's half puzzle, half platforming action, half, like, Metroid-style adventure game. Mm -hmm. A lot of fun. The music is great. I mean, Danny knows how to put spooky, like goth-punk goth stuff together, which is what I love. <laughs> so uh, it's got kind of a Commodore 64 feel to it with right? a little of a modern kind of dance feel to it as well. So really, really good stuff. He's also got a Bandcamp at dannyherrington.bandcamp.com. And you can check out less retro-flavored music from him. You know, not not exactly video game music, but he does, like, scary soundscapes, good stuff to play, like, on Halloween night when you're handing out candy. Or just going out to a party cool yeah a lot of fun word so yep check out blood oath at HeroedCreations.net, and we'll have links to those on the page and you know hopefully daniel will stop by the facebook group if he has a facebook account i haven't really asked him about that yet but maybe he'll join and chat with us for a bit about his game
0: that'd be lovely so we just got back from retro world expo and we had a blast that is the truth good time we got a lot of really good stuff Yeah, we were
1: looking forward to it. And, you know, I'm not much of a game collector myself. There was a lot of vendors that was just like strictly video game oriented stuff. There were a lot of cool panels. A lot of YouTubers were there that we got to hang out with. And we got to do a little special guest spot on Second Opinion Games. And they do retro, but they also do modern games. They've, They've had a podcast for quite a while. Yeah. And so we did a little half hour segment with them talking about the difference between retro games and modern game soundtracks. And just the stuff
0: that we like and what's coming up in the future. And so Wes was a great guy. He had us on the show. The website is secondopiniongames.com. And a buddy of mine, Wes, runs it. Actually, it's really funny. Wes and I went to college together. We were both on the radio. That's really funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny because I hadn't seen him in years. So
1: if you go over to secondopiniongames.com and just use the search site to search for Pixel Tunes... It'll come up with the episode that we are featured on, and definitely check out the rest of their episodes as well, because there's a lot of really good stuff they talk about. Anything and everything. Yeah. Not 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 as much music, obviously, as we go right. into. But they talk about mostly games. Everything from the technical aspects and the hardware to the games themselves mm-hmm. to the people behind the games. So there's yeah. a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, they got a pretty
0: big following too. So yeah, definitely check them out. Now it's time for our theme today. What is our theme, Edward? Well, it's called Spooky Tunes. I'm so sorry? I would assume that it's called Spooky
1: Tunes. I'm so sorry. It's called Spooky Tunes. It's I'm called not...
2: Spooky there Tunes. There we go.
1: So, I would assume that we would be playing spooky music, right?
0: Mm, nah.
1: No? Nah. We're gonna play the
0: happy stuff? Yeah,
2: yeah, nah. yeah. Some of
1: this stuff is kind of happy.
2: Yeah.
0: But it's like joyous, trick-or-treaty happy, Yeah. you know? In this mix of songs which you're about to hear, I tried to pick stuff that was really Halloween-sounding. But I ended up picking songs that just sounded like Castlevania, Basically. in a lot of Basically. cases,
1: so... Yeah. I've got a lot of the Halloween-style yeah. yeah, stuff. Yeah. So the first game we're choosing today is a Mega Drive title by the name of Undeadline. It never released in North America. Yeah, I never
0: heard of this one until you mentioned it. Yeah, it's
1: a cool little vertical
0: shooter. This is the forest
1: stage theme from Kazunori Hasegawa. that was undeadline for the Sega Mega Drive and that was released in 1991 and was composed by Kazunori Hasegawa
0: now when does this track which is called forest take place i'm going to i'm going to bet that it takes place in a forest yes is it a
1: spooky forest it's a uh, scary forest, Okay. there's a lot of monsters in the forest. Okay. It's not actually, there's no stage number because it's one of those games where you can pick which stage you want to start in at okay. the beginning. The the problem with the music in this game is that if you're playing the game, the sound effects are ten times louder than oh, the music
2: is. I hate
1: that. And there's enemies like, like little dragonfly enemies that actually make like, woo, sounds like as they're <laughs> flying towards you. So it just completely blows the entire soundtrack that away sucks. Which is a shame because it's really good Yeah, yeah There is a sound test in the game So I'm assuming that they realized after they put the game together They're like, no one's ever going to hear this music <laughs> so yeah, yeah This is probably, the, like you were saying as we were listening to it The least spooky of the songs that we have It is the but least the, spooky But the game is filled with undead skeletons And basically it's like, you know, the undead have taken over the earth And yeah. it's a vertical shooter, kind of on the difficult side You're a vertical yeah. shooter, kind of on the difficult side My mom tells me that all the time I bet you know, it's kind of a kind of a basic game. There's not too much to talk about in the way of, of Undeadline, but I really like the snares. It's like kind of like a kr- sound, yeah, like yeah. like I always imagine like bones crunching, like okay. a skeleton band playing this. And it's got this, just nice, this, like the B part, the, the second half of the song is kind of like this really nice shoot up style melody that sounds really good on Genesis.
0: It's very Magician Lordish, Very, like, Elemental Masters meets Magician Lord. Like, I don't know what it. I think it's that, that, that kind of like ascending and then descending piano run that kind of reminds me very much of Magician Lord. It was kind of a very
1: popular style of composition back then. So this game also came out on the MSX and the X68000. A lot of those X68000 games had those very rising kind of keyboard lines and very majestic heroic style solos and stuff that got carried over into this one. Yeah. So Kazunori Hasegawa also wrote the soundtracks for the MSX and the X68000 version. I believe the music was the same of the three versions of the soundtrack I listened to. I really like the the Mega Drive version the best. He also worked on Sayo Blade in 1990 for the Mega Drive and Haru Kanaru Augusta for the Super Famicom in 91. All these games were by T&E Soft, so uh, Hasagaro was just an, an employee, they're like, kind of like their in-house composer for right. a little while, and those games were really all he really worked on, so mm. don't know too much about him other than Disappeared
0: that. Disappeared into a spooky ninja. Yeah,
1: he's also credited for some Sega Saturn game programming, but I don't have those exact titles on hand, so he probably just transferred From a musician over into a programmer after he... Makes sense. After the 16-bit era. I mean, back
0: in the day, video game music was pretty much programming anyways, so... Yeah. Makes sense.
1: Yeah, exactly. Everybody knows about our next game. Nobody knew about this one, but everybody knows about this one. I
0: did pick this one with the intention of everybody knowing about it. Yes. Yes. So our next game is Fester's Quest, and it is for the Nintendo Entertainment System. The track is called Sewer, and it takes place... I don't know if you know this In a sewer
1: No, I don't believe you <laughs> No I'm surprised we didn't pick this for last episode Last Spooky Tunes episode
0: Yeah, you know what, I think it's because I thought we already picked it And uh, I didn't pick it So there were two tracks I really wanted to pick This one or Friday the 13th Because we had already played Friday the 13th in a previous episode Did we? I think the last Spooky Tunes we played it Well then I'm glad I picked this track Indeed. So this is Fester's quest for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Sewer is the track, and this was a little song done by Mr. Naoki Kodaka. Fester's quest. That was a song called Sewer. Da 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 dum. I saw where you were going with that.
2: Naoki Kodaka. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was Fester's quest song was called Sewer and it's when you're in the sewer. It's a true story. It's true. It's true, too, true, true. I don't think Naoki Kodaka needs much introduction at no.
1: this point. We've talked about him several times. One of our favorite NES composers Definitely. ever a uh, longtime Sunsoft employee tons of games under his belt kind of made that Sunsoft bass Sample that what I was you know
0: spooky bass spooky
1: Other composers did use it, but I think he really he nailed it. Yeah, and yeah. he was also the biggest user Oh, uh, yeah, a good number of his NES soundtracks used it
0: when I think if I want a Nintendo song and I want bass like I want to hear the bass that I immediately go to anything Naoki Kodaka. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And the, the, while listening to the song, you almost forget it's NES yeah,
0: sometimes. Because true. even
1: the, the effects that he puts on, even the square channels, mm-hmm. you know, there's like a like a weird vibrato that kind yeah. of fades into the distance. I, they don't even sound like anything else you've ever heard. No. You know, he makes it sound like a completely different audio system altogether. Yeah. It's just really, really good stuff.
0: Yeah, the synths in this have like a sustain almost, again, like you said, the vibrato of... It's almost like a hum, or like a vibrating hum. Yeah, like brrrr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like a vacuum cleaner. That's amazing that somebody could do something like that with this type of technology. I mean, you gotta keep in mind that these guys were programming most Nintendo games, in fact, almost all Nintendo games, with assembly language. And it wasn't even assembly language, it was like a a creepy, crazy, weird form of assembly (laughs) language. So it was like... It was like, how can we make this more difficult than it already is? Let's yeah, it's not like you can just plunk down it. some
1: keys on a keyboard right. and hear them coming out of your Nintendo. Exactly. This whole soundtrack is one of my favorite NES soundtracks. It's got a real kind of a thrashy... Yeah, metal feel to
0: it in some spots, but then it gets really, really creepy in some other spots. Yeah, it fits the mood, and I mean, it's got that more light-hearted sound to it when it first begins. You know, the game is obviously starring Fester, Uncle Fester from Fester's Quest. Wow, Adams Family, Adams Family, and uh, so you're going around and you're going all these different houses and locations and stuff, and you've got this gun that just, ugh, man, I hate this. I uh, like, I love this game because I remember playing it. I remember owning the game when I was younger. It's frustrating. It is such a hard game. I've gotten to the first boss Mm. and I cannot, like I've beaten that first boss and then I've gotten a little farther and then I just die. And the most frustrating part about this entire game is when you die, you start from the beginning with your first gun or They take your gun down a couple notches.
1: I always ended up getting lost. Yeah. Like, stuck in, like, the maze-ish areas. Yeah, yeah. Like, at at least in level one, when you come up out of the sewers, and then you come up again, and there's a couple of houses, and then you can go behind some houses, and it doesn't look like you can. And it's, like, kind of, like, iffy level design in a couple places that really kind of threw me off. But as far as the sewer music goes, I love how it starts off really slow, Mm -hmm. and then it's the same melody, but then they just throw in that little snare Mm -hmm. every, like every like yeah, eight, eight yeah. measures, yeah. Yep. and then it speeds up and the snare hits every four measures and the keyboards get, it like builds as it goes. and yeah. it really, It's cool because when you first enter the sewers, you're just kind of exploring. There aren't too many enemies. But then, as you're kind of getting further in, you start the enemies start generating more quickly. And oh yeah. So it kind of matches the pace of the music as you're as you're following the sewers
0: around. You've got those green slimes that just oh, keep yeah. multiplying and multiplying. You have to use dynamite on them. So the whole point of the game, you get all these like items and stuff that you can get, like from different members of the Adams family. Like Wednesday gives you like light bulbs or whatever. When you first enter into the sewer, if you don't get the light bulbs first and you just go into the sewer, it's completely pitch black. You cannot right. see anything really, so you're you're kind of fidgeting around, walking around, and then you just die, and you're like, "What happened? Like, what do I do?" And you don't realize that you have to, you know, break out the light bulbs. You have to get the light bulbs first, and then you have to break them out when you get into the sewer. So, to get into the sewer, that very first note that you hear, that "dun da 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 dun," like just kind of giving an immediate. Feel an atmosphere to the location that you're entering into. It's like that to me is video game music because video game music should sound like what you're seeing. Right. And if it's not, it's just really good music that doesn't go with what you're seeing. Yeah. So yeah, Noyoki Kodaka, we've already talked about him before. Um, you can check him out in the. I believe it was actually Scott, if I recall. Picked the overworld theme overworld theme yes yeah which is my other favorite tune from soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, i love that song that is such a good song yeah but this game i love this game but it is so hard and so frustrating and when i die i just give up because i just i can't i can't go back and try to get to the next part i agree of the i agree game. you do it's, a lot of
1: work and if you die it's like you gotta do it all, oh, all over again it's so
0: frustrating there really should have been some extra game. save points around exactly yeah, yeah it's kind of like the little mermaid in that sense yep word What's the so, next track? Up
1: next is <laughs> Baby <laughs> baby Felix Halloween. <laughs> Spooky. Which, you know, everybody might be like, what? But it's a soundtrack from Alberto Jose Gonzalez. Yes. So you can just stop your complaining right now I'm, because I'm done. You already know this is going to be awesome. Yeah, it's right. So this is from the Halloween theme area, which is area one. And this is Baby Felix Halloween. Spooky. Enjoy. But fun. I don't know how he made a song sound so Halloween-y, but so fun at the same time. Uh, It's got that signature like Alberto Jose Gonzalez bounce to it that a lot of his tracks do and it just kind of makes your head nod as you're listening to it. It's really cool. Baby Felix Halloween was based on the Baby Felix cartoon series, which only lasted one season back in, I think it was 2000. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know either. I mean, in 2000, I was in college, so I wasn't really caring much about Baby Felix, but... (laughs) That's that's true.
0: I I just love the art on the cover, just as a side note. Um, the, The cover is basically Baby Felix protecting what I guess is his little girlfriend or whatever yeah uh from a monster and then there's a logo at the top and it says baby felix halloween name of the game and baby felix is in like the little circle in between baby and felix and he's holding up his hands and he's like shrugging and he's just like sure why not they made me a baby let's just roll with it (laughs) halloween it's like they took one of the most like obscure cartoon references felix the cat i mean like even though there's an NES game and there's this game, there are a couple video games based on Felix the Cat. It's just such a weird thing because it wasn't from at least from my time. Like, no, I didn't, I didn't watch. It was Felix, from like our grandparents' cat. time. Yeah, so like this weird franchise. There were a lot of these franchises, like Little Nemo, and like a lot of like old, old, old franchises, Lone Ranger, stuff like that. Yeah, that kind of came out in video games and and were designed for kids like me or, like, you know, teenagers or whatever, like, I mean, like you said, this game came out in 2000, right? Yeah, I think there was was a lot of, like... I was in high school. A lot of
1: companies were, like, kind of, like, a video game was a way to, like, dip their toe in the water. Yeah. You know, they knew that people bought video games regardless of the title whatever. True. It's... At least a couple thousand will get off the shelf. Mm -hmm. So just to see if that kind of created any sort of, uh, surgence in interest in that particular IP... So sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't you know, that's... I don't think it really worked with baby Felix. No
0: but... uh, It's just such a weird concept to come up with okay Let's take a cartoon from like way way back when let's make up a baby and then some, let's make a video game That's Halloween themed based on yeah, this baby. Yeah. but car- It's just such a weird concept to be said though The game is awesome. Um,
1: I was actually really impressed with it. Yeah, I Obviously knew about the music first because I'm a big fan of Gonzalez's music. Right. So I was just kind of looking through all of his his uh, you know discography or whatever you want to call it, and uh, happened to see that this game was on there. And I was like, sweet, we haven't played anything from him in a long time, so right. I'm, I'm definitely going to pick something from this. In trying the game out, the sprites are nice and big; they're well animated. There's lots of cool enemies around. It's got kind of an adventure feel to it, but. It's for the most part a left-to-right scroll sky kind right. of game, but you can go into like chimneys on the roofs of houses, kinda of like pipes okay. in, in Super Mario Brothers. Cool. And it brings you to other areas and you get items. And so, you know, at the end you have to basically the the plot of the game is that you, baby Felix, right. and your female companion are on your way out to a Halloween party. His sister slash love interest. And just like Dick DixieCon. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And you get lost on the way and end up in a spooky house. Ooh. And so somehow you figure out that the four friends that you were meeting at the Halloween party also got lost in the same spooky house. They don't sound very on the bright. way to this party. They, they don't
0: sound very bright. So
1: you have to go find your friends in this spooky mansion. I would have left them. You know, he's, but he's Felix, man. He's got to he's got to do his job. <sighs> Baby Felix does his what job is.
0: is. what Felix don't.
1: Know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> But a really well-animated game. And I know that Gonzalez had done sprite work for games in the past, so I asked him if he had done sprite work for this game, and he said no. They had really short development times around this time, so he really only had time to do the music, and other artists were taking care of the animation. Mm-hmm. From, like, I think we played Asterix yeah. on the uh, Wii Guy episode, and the, the graphics and the animation were really top-notch in that game, too, so I kind of figured maybe he had worked on... Baby Felix, as well, but he said no, he stopped working on graphics after the Smurfs game. And so he was just kind of solely focusing on music going forward. So, you know, the game was developed by BitManagers, which Gonzalez helped actually form and, and found. Cool. So it was all kind of like his deal, and they put out quality stuff, even when it was cheesy little little. Uh, really might have been more popular in, in, in Europe because they yeah. were developed over there, but, True. you know, stuff like that never really came out in the U.S. very much. So it's,
0: it's cool, though, that, you know, there are games that are meant for kids or designed for kids that have really good music. Like, yeah. That's really cool because even though we were like high school age like college age, you know, when these games came out, it's still really cool that you know, I can go back and, and still play those games with an old school mindset and right. be like, this is still a really, even though the franchise is a little bit off, it's still a really cool game and it plays great, so that that's really cool. It's
1: like what what blows my mind is like, remember on the Game Boy episode we played, um, Daska or Happy Hippo and <laughs> so, yes. it's the cheesiest most kiddie game I've ever played in right. my life, but one of the Best friggin' Game Boy soundtracks I've ever heard, and yeah. I still listen to it all the time. You yeah, know, this 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 game is kind of like the same way. Like, I might not play the game that much, but that soundtrack is gonna stay in my collection. Right. And I'll definitely keep on listening to it. Definitely, I, I think the the base of the beginning almost starts off very similarly to how the sewer song in right. Fester's, Fester's Quest, Quest. right? Uh, and then towards the end, there's like that little slide whistle, almost like a theremin, kind of like comes in along with that bouncy yep. music, it makes
0: it sound, gives it that really kind of Halloween feel. Yeah, a lot of the melodies in this are just very, uh, again, with the keyboards, just like no 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 like very like ascending. That's your typical descending. kind of spooky song, right? You know, floaty, ghosty, exact spoo-
1: spooky and stuff. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're uh, gonna leave retro games for a little
0: bit, yeah,
1: and we're gonna move on to Splatterhouse for the Xbox 360
0: and PS3. and This track is called "Reflections in Blood" by Howard Drossin. The Splatterhouse of Pancakes is back in business for one day only and you're not gonna want to miss out on all the ghoulish fun of mixing pancakes with murder Hello Sam Please join us for the breakfast to end all breakfast
1: Uh, hi, uh, table for one please. Hey, how did you know my name was? Right this way. Man Yelp really steered me wrong on this
0: one Don't say that! You wouldn't want to hurt our feelings now, would you? Uh, uh, no, 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 sir. Now then, how about some breakfast? Here's our menu.
1: Ugh, this is covered in slime and
0: olives? Eyeballs, sir!
1: Oh, even worse! Oh, alright, let's see what you have to eat here. Hmm, oil? The moon's over my Grammy sounds pretty good.
0: Eggs smothered with cheese on a dead grandmother.
1: Never mind. Uh, how about an omelette? Mmm, corrupted omelette?
0: Eggs, cheese, mushrooms, and the bodies of the dead mixed with a signature sauce.
1: Which is?
2: Blood, of course.
1: Ugh. This place is way too euro for my tastes. How about some pancakes?
2: How about Dr. Henry West's Boys and Berry Delight?
1: Mm, what's that?
2: Pancakes with boys in berry sauce.
1: Oh, really? Well, that's it? Yeah. Well, mm. okay, okay. That sounds phenomenal. I'll take that with a glass of ice-cold milk, please, and hold the butter.
2: Oh! Just something to mention. It's called Boys and And we're fresh out of boys. So.
0: No, 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 what, what are you doing? That's my arm! Uh-huh. Ah! The International Splatter House of Pancakes. Now open for one day only, October 31st beautiful blonde, strongly encouraged to visit. Please note that we are all sold out of our famous hockey mask mugs. Stop on down for the 2x2x2x4 two by two by two by special. Mwahaha! <laughs> Welcome back! That was Splatterhouse for the Xbox 360 and PS3. That track was called Reflections in Blood and that was by Howard Drazen. The game's obviously based
1: on the older Mega Drive and TurboGrafx-16 games, but they modernized it a bit, kind of updated the story, and it's kind of like a brawler but it's got like kind of adventure elements to it. some platforming
0: here and there action it's an action game uh beat-em-up you know kind of like hack and slash type type title i mean it's it's a lot of fun this was a good game and it got a very bad rap didn't sell very well from what i've heard and that's a shame actually the happy video game nerd Turned me around on this, so I'm sorry, Derek Alexander. He did a phenomenal review on this. Oh, check that out. He he changed my mind on it. Like, I had seen the cover art and seen the back of the game, and I was like, oh, it's got like a modern soundtrack kind of mixed in with like a bunch of uh, bands. And I like some of the bands, not all of them. And so I was kind of like, this is not going to be any good. But then I ended up picking up after I saw his review, and it is phenomenal. Definitely pick it up if you're looking for something spooky to play around this time <laughs> of year. The game's plot is pretty simple. They, they kind of kept it very similar to the first couple titles. You play as this guy named Rick. He is dating this girl, Jennifer. And Jennifer basically has an interview with this doctor called Dr. Henry West, and he is a professor of necrobiology, basically, I guess, to be, like, his intern or whatever. And you know, But things she, aren't what they seem. No. And so Rick, I don't know why he does this, but he's about to propose to her, and then they get attacked. I know, at the interview. Yeah, at the like, house. like, at this spooky, like, spooky, <laughs> creepy house you go to, because he shows up with her, I guess, to, like, be a, her, like, protector or whatever, because she's going to this dark and creepy house or whatever. Rick ends up getting basically almost killed and he finds this mask he puts this mask on which the mask is voiced by jim cummings which is awesome which is awesome and terrible at the same time (laughs) because all i hear when i hear him talk is negaduck oh okay from darkwing Duck, and they also played darkwing duck and winnie the pooh and winnie the pooh so i'm just waiting for him to be like you know like it's just it's really funny because you could tell like when you hear jim cummings voice you know it's jim cummings and he right, is right. such a phenomenal. You just want the master be like, What a
1: blustery day!
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, a,
2: <laughs> oh bother, you know. <laughs> oh bother, I'm on this guy's face.
0: Like, <laughs> that's what she said. Oh boy. So. Puts the mask on and he gets transformed into this you know, giant hulking dude. And uh, he has these crazy superpowers and stuff. And you could like lose limbs in the game too. Like, and you grow your, them back. Yeah, and you can grow them back, which is really cool. And you can use your own limbs as clubs. Yeah, which, which is I thought, the best. That was so ridiculous. <laughs> you just pick your arm up and you're just like, nope, kill those guys. <laughs> so you, you fight off these against these guys called the Corrupted. And they're basically like zombies, like creepy monsters. Monster zombie dudes. Spooky, spooky,
2: spooky monsters. monsters.
0: And uh, so throughout the game, it kind of eggs you to go on because you learn more about the story and uh, Rick and Jennifer's relationship and all that sort of stuff. So the story is actually quite good. It is a very campy, cheesy, horror-based game. The soundtrack kind of reflects that as well. It's. Very 70s, 80s like Goblin soundtracks. Mm, yeah, like I can see that. Very Goblin. If you listen to the first Spooky Tunes episode, we talked quite a bit about Goblin. They are a phenomenal band. Definitely check them out. But they do a bunch of really awesome soundtracks for classic horror movies. So this is interesting because it has the heartbeat line throughout the entire thing. It's got the organs, like the Moog organs, that kind of settle in later on in the in the soundtrack. As well as in the beginning, uh, they kind of go in and out. It, it almost sounds like it was like warped, like a VHS tape warped, because it has those like weird like bending notes that kind of like...
1: Yeah, almost you like you're I mean? like
0: starting off a VHS tape and yeah, the sound gets yeah, a little... Yeah, it's just like... Yeah. You know, it's just like getting going, so yeah. it's, it's really yeah. cool.
1: So uh, Howard Drossin composed the music. We talked about him a little bit when we did the Unreleased Games episode... Uh, We talked about Sonic Extreme, I believe, the soundtrack or the the music, the placeholder and or video game music that was composed by Howard and We featured in that show. He's a video game and film composer. So he did uh, films like Blade Trinity and a bunch of the Marvel one-shot, like kind of short films that they did. Red Tails,
0: Man with Iron Fist, that sort of stuff.
1: Yep, And then as far as games go, his... A biggest claim to fame is that he did the Afro Samurai soundtrack with uh, RZA from Wu-Tang Clan. That's right.
0: He's done a bunch of older stuff, too, though. I mean, yeah,
1: Vigilante 8, Die Hard Arcade, Comic Zone for the Genesis, mm-hmm. uh, a couple tracks with um, Sonic and Knuckles. With their team. With, with like, well, like, four everybody. billion other composers yeah, yeah. Sega. Uh, Sonic Spinball. I, I think he did that by right. himself. That was, right. that was his first, like, real popular game. Before that, it was just Wolf True Life Adventure for uh, Disney.
0: Got a whole bunch of stuff. This uh, game just, for the record, is a mature rated game. So if you're playing this around your kids, don't do it. It's not only like violent, like very bloody and very gory and violent, but it's also very sexual too. There's a lot of pictures that you could find of Jennifer, which is weird because like who holds a bunch of Polaroids of themselves like in very provocative poses like, and there's boobs and everything, so
2: oh, definitely
0: Jennifer keep this away from your kids.
1: And the other parts of the soundtrack, so there's a licensed soundtrack that goes along with it, right? and so bands like Five Finger Death Punch and uh, Lamb of God and Mastodon, so a lot of those lyrics aren't necessarily appropriate for kids either.
0: Yeah, true. I, I like a lot of that type of music, mm-hmm. but... I'm not the biggest fan of most of the bands. I've seen Mastodon live and Lame of God. Lamb of God was really good live. Yeah,
1: my brother's a big fan of theirs.
0: The soundtrack itself for all the like licensed stuff wasn't anywhere near as good as the original material. That's what I'm going to say. Howard Drawson for the win, then.
1: Word. Alrighty. Moving on to our next game. We're going to stay kind of in the modern era. This one is actually a brand new game. It's a follow-up to Amnesia Dark Descent game that we talked oh, about we last talked about Spooky last Tunes. Yeah. So this one is called Soma. And this is the Soma theme from uh, the same composer that composed Amnesia, Miko Tarmia. Welcome back. That was Frictional Games Soma, and that's actually a 2015 release. It just came out, and that was the Soma theme written by Miko Tarmia. And we spoke about Miko Tarmia a bit last year when we did our first Spooky Tunes episode. He wrote the Panic and Paranoia track that we featured for the game Amnesia, right. The Dark Descent so this is another frictional games game. this is basically the spiritual follow-up to amnesia okay and it plays very similarly it's a psychological horror game there aren't any real jump scares there's no like zombies around the corner that you need to stab in the neck with a knife or anything like that it's all about evasion and puzzle solving and very similar to amnesia when you see monsters you know you start to get really scared and your heart meter goes up and you've got to kind of hide and and keep yourself calm. The whole storyline of the game is that you're this this normal average everyday 20 year old teen living in, 20 year old teen. This normal average everyday (laughs) 20 year old. (laughs) (laughs) And you get into a car accident and your girlfriend was in the car, your girlfriend gets killed, you have severe brain damage and your brain keeps like, there's pressure in your brain. So while you're able to function normally, you have to go get your brain drained every so often to keep the pressure out of your skull. So you go to this office for this test that these resident doctors are, like, just starting to do on people. And you sit in this machine, and the machine kind of beams you into this futuristic underwater base that's falling apart. And really creepy stuff is happening, and there's only a few people here and there, and some people are actually machines, but they believe that they're people. Like, they'll be waving to you with a mechanical arm, but they'll see a human hand in front of them. It's Hmm. really creepy stuff. And as much as you try to tell them that they're a robot, they don't believe you, and they get really mad when you try to tell them that they're they're not what they think that they are. Story of my life. Yeah, you know? <laughs> you're a robot, too. Yeah, I know. But it's definitely worth a play. I was just telling Mike during the song, I was Eddie, my son, was playing Fallout as usual, and uh, I was next to him on the computer, and I was playing this game, and I get to this certain point, and I'm talking to this character at a, at a certain point of the game, and Eddie looks over at the screen, and he's like, Oh, yeah, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Like, totally just, like, ruins a part of the right, game for right. me. And I'm like, what are you what are you talking about, dude? And he's like, well, I've been watching a YouTuber play it. And so he's, uh, like, ten years old, and he's spoiling these games uh, for me. <laughs> wah, wah. I was a little upset. Uh, however, I'm having a huge amount of fun with the game. The graphics are totally awesome. There's really, like, bizarre mechanical creatures that you've got to run from, and everything is just very... It's not grimy, but it's really... Spooky, even though it's. I'm sorry, it's. It's really spooky, even though it takes place Ooh. in the future. I really recommend checking it out. The song itself, Very John Carpenter, we were talking very about. Very
0: John Carpenter.
1: And it kind of starts off with those, like, staccato synth yep. hits, and then you get that kind of. Like, orchestrated. Swarming violins over yeah. it. it. Sounds like there's rain in the background a little bit. It has a very atmospheric feel to yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it does take place underwater, so there is a lot of dripping and and uh, that makes sense then hydrophobia going on and in parts where leaks occur and stuff i haven't gotten too far into it yet because i don't want to spoil it by looking further into the game but having a lot of fun with it cool nice yes it is nice recommended title recommended soundtrack mikotarmia really just works with frictional games for the most part so the penumbra series which was their first series of games and then wrote music for amnesia and is now working on soma
0: there you have so there you
1: go there's his career in a nutshell right there bam boom so backing off a little bit on the modern games heading down towards the ps2 this is a capcom title called haunting ground and this is last daniela from seiko kobuchi and shinya okada
0: back. That title was Haunting Ground, actually called Demento in Japan, and that is a little song called Last Daniela. Now, as far as this game goes, it is a... interesting... it is a mix. It is a very mixed like bag. like a mix of Resident Evil and take the action out of Resident Evil yeah. and make it more like Clock Tower. Actually, this game has yeah, a lot yeah. similar with Clock Tower 3. It's much more about hiding and solving puzzles. But it looks like Code Veronica. Right, exactly. It has the graphical output of Code Veronica. The actual emotions and expressions of the main character, and most of the characters actually in the game, are very detailed. Like, this is a gorgeous game. Oh, absolutely. It's really pretty. You play as a character called Fiona Belly or belly, or belly belly yeah so she's this 18 year old girl very pretty basically wakes up in a cage and she's basically naked she has a white sheet over her and wakes up and is like what's going on she escapes from the cage and she basically is hiding from this guy who basically looks like sloth from from the goonies i thought the
1: exact same thing (laughs) me
0: too yeah And he's basically chasing her, and uh, so you have to hide pretty much in various different places. You end up meeting this dog, all-white German Shepherd, named Huey. And so you're going through the game and basically trying to figure out, like, what happened, like, how you ended up in this cage. You know, you meet these other people who are in the mansion, like, other workers and stuff. And it's, it's a very weird game it's not your average like resident evil action game not at all it's also not like silent hill either i would say it's more in line with silent hill it's kind of like a weird mix between it's you know it's actually more like soma yeah because it's very light on
1: combat very much puzzle solving and and stealth yeah and you know there there is some combat where you gotta you know beat those bosses, but really yeah. your only attack is like a kick to the
0: nards. It's it's a much more psychological game. It's more like Fatal Frame and yeah. Clock Tower, like psychological horror titles. It has a lot in common with like late 70s, early 80s. Those really disturbing creepy films that are much more psychological than just like... Shh, like, like Hills Have Eyes and yeah, that kind of stuff. Like yeah, like that kind of stuff. There's also this very weird sexual aspect about the game that is... is it, it, It's weird because it's like you, you can't help but watch, but you want to look away at the same time. <laughs> it's, it's very weird.
1: Well, especially with that character, Daniela. She is yeah. bizarre. Yeah. She acts either like a robot or a completely mentally unbalanced crazy lunatic right and I won't Um, spoil it yeah
0: but she's she's probably the best character in the whole game right I mean she's just really crazy and so you're you end up having to escape from most of the people that are working in this mansion that you apparently have like inherited sort of and so the entire game is very creepy very disturbing very sexual and very weird so sounds like my cup of tea right it's it's really cool I definitely recommend checking it out even if it's not your bag. Even if it, don't go into it looking for Resident Evil, because you will be really disappointed. Um, so you can control Huey. You can tell him where to go, what to do. He acts like a real dog. Yeah, too. this is really like cool. Very, very good, strong AI. The problem with this is that it's not. A, it doesn't play like a video game. Like you can't control Huey like you would control a normal. He's, he's an NPC, character. but Ray. you know you can choose to have him
1: like. Fetch right. or you know attack, attack. or yeah. protect Calm. you. Right. shake right. hands, etc., right. etc. Cetera, et
0: cetera. Yeah, so it's any kind of like partner type game like that where you have to control one person and you're kind of kind of dragging the other person along. In this case, it's an animal. Yep. But yeah, definitely check it out. The music is mostly ambient. There's a couple standout tracks that are like this that are very like a mix of like drum and bass, like electronic mixed with like really creepy organs that, again, are very, like, ascending, descending. Yeah, this is a very electro-industrial piece. Yeah. Those weird, those like,
1: organs are freaking
0: crazy. Yeah, It's just, like, yeah,
2: all yeah. over the place. All over the
0: place. Those vocals, too. It's like, it's, like, weird voices that are, like, run through... I don't know, it's, like, somebody trying to escape, a, like, a field of bees or something. Yeah, yeah,
1: and this is a boss battle, so it's yeah. gonna bring out that sense of panic Absolutely. that you're gonna have while you're... I mean, basically this almost powerless 18-year-old girl mm-hmm. trying to fight these ridiculously bizarre people that you find in this mansion.
0: It's pretty realistic too. It's so hard
1: to talk about this game without spoiling it. I know. And it's a relatively it's not a it's not a a new game, but it's a game that if you haven't played it yet and you want to play it, I don't want to play this game. I don't want to spoil it for anybody or for any videos that people that host this show might be making (laughs) any point soon. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So I definitely recommend checking it out. It is a very weird, different title. It's not something I'm used to playing either because I'm a very, like, action guy. Mm. And so I started playing this and I was just kind of like, oh, this is not what I expected. Like, I expected a lot more action. So you can't go into it thinking that you're going to be kicking butt. Because yeah. you can kick, but not butt. <laughs>
1: you can kick darts, but not butt. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just got one, one kick to the...
0: Yeah, no, it's like a kick to the shins, kind of. Like yeah, I guess checks. if you aim
1: it correctly, it'll go yeah. a little bit between those shins. Maybe but, you know. Maybe. Yeah. The music was composed by Shinya Okada and Seiko Kobuchi, both of which worked for Capcom for quite a while. Okada started with Mega Man X Five, X Seven. X-Command Mission, X-8, and then composed Haunting Ground in 2005. After that, he ended up with a lot of the Monster Hunter series. Right. So Monster Hunter 2, Monster Hunter Freedom 2. Zack and Wiki, that was a really good game. That for was the a Wii. good
0: game. That yeah. was very underrated.
1: And then ended up being Assistant Sound Manager for Resident Evil 5. Monster Hunter 3, Lost Planet 2, and then was thanked on Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate in 2011. So he kind of moved up to the audio management stuff after that.
0: Psycho Kobuchi worked on a bunch of different games, one of which I've never heard of, called Bounty Hunter Sarah, which I guess is an adventure novel game developed by Flagship, which I believe is like a side kind of like, I don't want to say like Ultra, like Konami Just Ultra. Just one of Capcom's development houses. Yeah, basically, which is, it's kind of like a Neo Tokyo futuristic kind of like Blade Runner type of. Worked on Resident Evil Zero under Ichiro Komoto's direction. Also worked on Mega Man X7, which, not the greatest game, in all honesty, but... <laughs> we all know your opinions on that. Ugh, I hate that game. <laughs> so, and worked on Haunting Ground, and so, kind of hasn't done much since then.
1: And she was lead composer on this game. And the latest we heard from her was in 2010 with the Rockman 10 image Soundtrack. So right. I guess they, they brought her back for a song on Rockman 10, which was kind of cool. Or cool. Mega Man 10.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: This this is a game worth playing. i definitely recommend it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know, this next game is a love it or hate it kind of game. Yeah, I remember buying this when it came out and I enjoyed it. It's fun, but let's not say much more <laughs> until we actually introduce the song. All right, so this is Little Red Riding Hood's Zombie Barbecue zombie for, the Nintendo,
1: <laughs> for the Nintendo DS. <laughs> this is the Little Pig track by Guillermo Barolato Chilero and Jorge Barolato Chilero. Alright, that was Little Pig from the <laughs> Nintendo
0: DS game,
1: Little Red Riding Hoods.
0: Zombie barbecue! Zombie barbecue. She has this like, the weird, like, when you press start, it's like,
1: Zombie barbecue! Yeah, yeah, Like,
0: yeah. what's up with that? It's
1: the ugly one! <laughs> yeah, right! <laughs> oh man, I, I
0: really, goodness. really like this game. I picked it up when it came out, actually. It is fun. It's really fun. It's a, it's a vertical shooter. You're on rails. And the screen is constantly moving up, and you're kind of just walking, and you could pick one of two characters, uh, either Little Red Riding Hood, who is very, like, weirdly sexualized as well. Like, you don't think sexy when you think Little Red Riding Hood, or at least I don't. I think of, like, a little girl. But she's definitely not little, and she's definitely not a girl. She's a woman. Wait, What? And, She's uh, like mid-twenties, yeah, armed yeah. to the teeth. Yeah, yeah, totally. She's like got kind of a rocket launcher's
1: guns, e- like e- fire Eastern throwing. European accent. Yeah, Very yeah. Very strange.
0: Yeah, and you could also play as, I guess they tried to interject like a little bit of like Japanese flavor into this game. They added a character named Momotaro, who basically is like a ninja. Yeah. Of. So, yeah.
1: And so you're fighting against lots of kind of corrupted or zombified... Zombies. ...characters yeah. uh, from fairy tales, Grimm's fairy tales. So you fight against like your grandma, who's like this green zombie old (laughs) lady in a bed. There's lots of mini bosses throughout the entire game. Yeah. And so, you know, the the little pigs have gotten corrupted. Uh, You fight Pinocchio, who's like half cyborg after the second time that you meet him. It's, It's really cool. You basically, you're at the bottom of the screen on the bottom screen of the DS and so there's different slots like left and right that you can move between and you can either move using the directional pad or just tap the the slots with the with the stylus and then you aim where you're gonna shoot by using the the stylus stylus right on the top of the or in the middle of the the bottom screen and then so the enemies come down from the top screen towards the bottom screen and you they're zombies so you basically like you can shoot off their arms and shoot off their heads and then kind of Blow them up in pretty cool ways. A A lot of different types of zombies,
0: too. Really hard game. I got pretty far in it, but it's a really tough game after a while. It
1: got pretty challenging after like the uh, third stage or so for me, like midway through the third stage, I started getting a little overwhelmed. Right. Um, It almost kind of feels like Guitar Hero a little bit, I want to say, because everything's kind of like on a rail as it comes
0: towards you. Yeah, you have to, there's a lot of playing around with moving from left to right Mm. and or from right to left whichever way you want to go but you're locked onto a specific spot so it's either you're at the bottom left you're at the bottom center or you're at the bottom right and once you get in that area like you can't really move out of it it's not like you can kind of slide in the middle of those areas it's like you're locked into that spot and you gotta kind of aim where appropriate to kill whoever it is that you're trying to to kill. Yeah,
1: and you don't need to necessarily kill everything that comes at you. You do either. You, you totally dodge. do. No, and you have a melee attack if the zombies That's get too true. close. That's which true. That is
0: nice. So, so, some other little interesting tidbits is that Momotaro is uh, born from a giant peach. Oh, <laughs> oh, and uh, little Red Riding Hood, her name is. Not Little Red Riding Hood, it's Little Ready-to-Rock Riding Hood. Ah. Yes, and she has said that collecting weapons is one of her favorite hobbies. That's not surprising. Yeah, because she has a lot of them. <laughs> um, this game is very similar to a game that came out fairly recently, and that game is called Zombie Panic in Wonderland. So if you check out Little Red Riding Hood Zombie Barbecue, or you've played it and you're like, oh cool, I want something that's similar to this. I recommend checking out Zombie Panic in Wonderland. It is a game that came out and also has a weirdly sexual vibe to it as well. Like, it's pretty much the same type of game. It takes Wonderland characters such as Snow White, Momotaro again, Alice from Alice in Wonderland, Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz, and again, Little Red Riding Hood. So Momotaro must be from a Japanese fairy tale. That's what I'm I'm assuming. Yeah, and so it's cool because it goes from like the Japanese stages to the more like Wonderland-ish stages and like Disney sort of stages throughout the game and Wizard of Oz, like all that sort of stuff. So you meet all these characters as you go through it. That game is a little different. It is uh, behind the camera sort of thing, kind of like a Resident Evil 4 type style. Okay, And you control the stylus or it's also on the Wii, not the Wii U, but the Wii. The 3DS game came out with some extra stages, so definitely recommend checking it out. Also has a pretty good soundtrack. As far as this song for Little Red Riding Hood, the drums are amazing. This whole this soundtrack, soundtrack has like the most wicked oh, drum kit I've ever heard. I loved the drums. They're so tight and so snappy and sharp, and just all the drum snare hits, they really nailed, nailed the snare on this. Just like really like bam, just like <laughs> feels like you're getting kicked in the teeth. And the, the double bass. There's a lot of tracks that have double bass, as you can hear in this track as well. So it has really strong drums. The whole soundtrack is kind of goes back and forth between like really awesome like metal meets techno. Yeah, and it also kind of has like a weird vibe to it where it's like there's some tracks that are like more rockabilly. There's some tracks that are more orchestral like. It's a really nice, nice mix of music. Yeah, throughout the entire thing even when you have the more orchestral songs there's
1: still that heavy heavy drum oh, yeah. kit behind yeah. the whole thing. So the game was published by Destinier in 2008, developed by Enjoy Up Games and Gamic Entertainment, and the composers responsible for this excellent music are Jorge Badolato Chilero and Guillermo Badolato Chilero, and I don't know if they're brothers, cousins, father and son or whatever, but they did work on a whole bunch of games together, including uh, The Wheelman, Animal Boxing, Doodle Hex, The Scourge, Episodes 1 and 2. Oh, yeah. uh, they worked a little bit on Far Cry 3, they were credited for Tableo Total, whatever that means. Whatever that is. Guillermo worked on Despicable Me Minion Rush, he did sound design for that game. Oh. Jorge was like no I'm not doing a minion game so (laughs) he bowed out of that one Uh, but for the most part their credits are pretty much the same and yeah I really like the soundtrack it is available on my Final Fantasy Shrine site so you can go check out the rest of that soundtrack if you are so inclined and another recommended
0: track and uh, soundtrack from us the game is kind of getting up there. Very similar to Haunting Ground. Haunting Ground is an expensive game now. It's like yes. a sixty-plus dollar game for a complete copy. Little Red Riding Zombie Barbecue. I bought it for twenty bucks when it came out. It's now like going for like thirty bucks online. Crazy. How crazy is that? Absolutely and the game crazy. was a budget title.
1: It launched. Well, that's the thing. It's these budget titles that are yeah. really good. People don't pay attention
0: to right. them. A lot
1: of the copies get sent back to the manufacturer if they don't sell, and so you end up with a game that doesn't have
0: a lot of copies in circulation True. that people are looking
1: for. was
0: Supply and demand. That game was on shelves for, like, ten bucks at the time. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it dropped in price. The cover art doesn't make it look like
1: the kind of game that it actually is, you it, know?
0: All right, so that game is cool.
1: And <laughs> s- yes, it is. Ooh. And, and and we're finally getting into a game that isn't weirdly sexual. No, <laughs> <laughs> <I> know, right? <laughs> unless uh, you unless you have a weird thing for... That would be very weirdly yeah, yeah. sexual. <laughs> anyway, so this is... Ah! Real monsters. Ah! For the SNES, this is Gymnasium Part 3, composed by, uh W. Gregory Turner.
0: <laughs> Enjoy. back. That was a track from Ah! Real Monsters. Ah!
1: <laughs>
0: Real Monsters. <laughs> Sorry, we hurt your eardrums.
1: Yes, that was uh, Gymnasium Part 3 from Greg Turner, and we had heard from Greg Turner back on the Marvel episode. This right? is the hot dog guy, right? He is <laughs> the hot dog guy. And that was the Iron Man XO Manowar war. Crossover Sega Saturn. You were not a fan of that game. game. Oof. No, that was a bad game. Yeah. It was a bad game. But I like the yeah. soundtrack, which is yeah, why yeah. I picked a track from it. So, Yeah. Gray Turner does music for film, cartoons, and games. Credits like Penguins
0: of Madagascar. Big Sky Trooper. Barbie's Ocean Discovery. Land Before Time. Frank Thomas's Big Hurt Baseball. Wild Snake. Sesame Street Elmo's Letter Adventure. A lot of like, kids' games. And then random stuff like Bug and Bug 2, Dragon Rage for the PS2. A lot of really weird stuff. Yes.
1: Yes. Then he also composed stuff for TV like Jake and the Fat Man.
0: Oh, yeah. Jake and the Fat Man. That was actually a pretty popular series for a while. Yeah. It has a stupid name, though.
1: It does. <laughs> it's like when, when when Eddie was littler, yeah. he had these two Lego characters. Yeah. And one of them was named Crazy Jake. Okay. And the other one was named The Goods the good crazy Jake and the goods okay
0: so, I so just it was the goods the always reminded man. me of
1: Jake and the fat man okay crazy Jake and the goods now
0: he named these characters he named him he named just
1: okay. he named one dude the goods, the goods.
0: <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> Well this soundtrack is the goods Well some of it is I don't know A lot of it is very just meh but
1: Well a lot of it's very just Ambient Kind yeah. of spooky Flavor You know it doesn't really have A melodic sense to it This was the only
0: track That really stood out to me Yeah definitely It has a great backbeat Like classic 90s <laughs> like. <laughs> and then like the bass comes in And it's just like Bow Yeah It's like what's up The bass basically came in And was like What's up Or what's down Yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got this oboe that kind of comes in. It's just like... Doo, 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 doo. Yeah, behind those it's like very, Beetlejuice chimes yes, in the background. It's, it's very... just great. It's, it's classic Halloween horror. Yeah. And I don't know. Did, I know you said you weren't really watching cartoons around this time. Do you remember the show? Or? I remember the show, but I never okay. watched an episode. I watched it. Actually, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit when it was on. But looking back on it and watching episodes like now, like I watched an episode of it and it was just like, ooh. I don't know what I saw in this. It's, yeah. it's like they really, really, really tried to nail Ren and Stimpy again. They were like, let's make a show okay. that's basically Ren and Stimpy, but even more disgusting. I didn't know it was that gross. Yeah, it was really gross. I mean, like, there was. It was ugh, it's, just, it's just gross it, for the sake of being just watch gross watch the though. intro. Yeah, just watch the intro. There's just bugs everywhere, and just like, I don't know. It's just, it's very gross. It's yeah. a gross show. Yeah. You play as these three characters, which are also the main stars of the game uh, Ikkis, Oblina, and Crum. Uh, Crum is literally like a. A mouth holding two eyeballs? Uh, I was going to say something a lot worse. It yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, let's just say he looks like something that rhymes with Odom. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, and then he's holding his eyeballs, balls, and his and... hands above his head. Yeah, 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 and like the pits, he has like these like hairy pits. In it's oh, the, the whole thing. He just <laughs> looks really disgusting. Ickis is basically this like a little red demon type guy, and then Oblina is basically like a broom, like a black and white like broom handle or cane, if you will, marzipan. Yeah, marzipan. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the whole point of this. Show and the game is that these three characters are in a monster academy where they're like learning how to be better monsters and scare people and stuff. The teacher is like this weird, like Tim Curry ish type character. He has like four legs. He's very eccentric. Yeah, very eccentric. Might be almost like Doc Brown from but he like, Back to the Future. Right, but he like cross dressed, like he would wear heels, like red heels all the time, and like. Was always, like, trying to find some way to, like, dress up like a woman. It was, like, very, like... Like, it was risque for for the time when it came out for a kid's show. Hmm. I mean, very similar to Ren Stimpy. That was very Pushing risque. the limits. It was definitely pushing the limits of, of the time. And uh, it, was, it was a cool show. I mean, I loved it. I thought it was funny. It was hilarious. But looking back on it now, like, no, it's not good. The game <laughs> itself is... Not good. It, th- th- there's no other way to say
1: yeah, it. Yeah, it, it doesn't even feel like it was coded very well. The no. frame rate's very, kind of like, choppy, and the camera doesn't really yeah. follow the characters. Yeah, doesn't give you a lot of explanation as to what you're supposed to do.
0: Well, you're playing as all three characters, and the problem is, is that I think they tried really hard to nail the elements of the show, and mm-hmm. they did. They did a good job in that aspect. But the biggest problem that I have with it is it's very slow, like you said, and you're controlling all three characters at once, so... It's kind of like the other characters like take the lead like follow you kind of and then so you switch back and forth between the characters and uh, like Oblina, you can use her to like get to higher places, and, and well, there's stuff like this that. move
1: where they step on each other's heads to right. kind of ladder up, and then you can get to to higher right. places. But yeah, some characters don't jump as high as other right. ones. You can scare like like the enemies are like these little, at least in the first level, which mm-hmm. is all I really got through before I was like whatever. Mm-hmm. Are these little tiny mice, and they don't even they look like background right characters, like just something for atmosphere, right? But they right. actually hurt you, yeah. So you've got to like use your scares or throw these little rotten fish to get the mice away from yeah. you and I don't know I wasn't really
0: feeling it at all no it's 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 unfortunate because it's a cool license I mean I think they could make a really good game I think what would have made it better or what they could have done is they could have made like a beat up which would yeah. probably fit a little bit better. But I
1: don't know if it would fit with Nickelodeon's true, you know, vision for games. I think Nickelodeon's vision for games were, let's slap our IP on the, yeah. on the game and shove it out the shelf, because it definitely didn't feel like they had a lot of time to work on this one.
0: No, they were most, most likely working on just trying to, as you said, get the game out with the name of the IP on there. Kids would snatch it up and eat it up because they loved it. Yeah, most of those Nickelodeon
1: games. I don't think there are any real memorable Nickelodeon games. Mm-hmm. From the 16 or 32-bit eras. Well, I mean, I wasn't really into that stuff. So hey, maybe you guys out there know of something
0: notable. Good burger.
1: Good burger. No, <laughs> I was no good burger game.
0: That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. I would play that. It's just you like doing really badly at fast food service. Can you imagine the the intro? Oh my god, no, it's gonna be great.
2: To that Yeah,
0: yeah. No, but like you just keep <laughs> pressing like the button. Like, the, like, exactly. like <laughs> Throughout the entire game, you're just pressing that button, like the Y button, to have him say that. <laughs> and then, like, you're supposed to take an order, but you don't. And you just keep saying that over and over. Welcome I'm to the Good Burger. Welcome the Good girl. Burger. Oh, that'd be great. The best. Scary. Yeah. Spooky.
1: All right, so that was All Real Monsters for the SNES Staying with the SNES, we're going to head over to a better spooky SNES game. This one is Zombies Ate My Neighbors. This is the track Zombie Panic composed by Joe McDermott. Spooky. My name is Abobo. Things aren't like they used to be before the zombie apocalypse. I had to close my restaurant down and join a ragtag team of survivors as they fought the undead. Uppercutting zombies every day was alright for a few years, but I had that urge to start cooking again. But what could I do when there wasn't enough food around to feed my group? Then, it hit me. There was plenty of food to go around, and hordes of customers to serve it to. I created Abobo's Abominable Zomb buffet. I started cooking my friends and feeding them to the zombies. It was a huge success. Oh, here's a customer now. Hello sir, or uh, madam. Will you be dining alone this evening? Excellent. What are we in the mood for tonight? I have the cranium of a former police officer from Atlanta. He has a wonderful southern accent. How about this mighty warrior? Some say he created the apocalypse himself. They called him Ash. Ooh. <sighs> the last of our specials is this scientist here IQ of 142. I believe he was on his way to a zombie cure.
2: <laughs>
1: ah, excellent. So we're in the mood for some smart food. Right this way, sir. Uh, madam? Uh, rotting pile of flesh? Ooh. Next time you're in town, shamble on down to a Bobo's abominable zomb buffet. We take the pain out of finding a brain. I used to have a whole bunch of neighbors. Yeah, all got eaten by zombies. Wow, wow. That was Zombies Ate My Neighbors, Zombie Panic from Joe McDermott. That was the SNES version because the Genesis version is not good. Yeah, yeah. The game might be better or worse. Maybe. I don't know. I've only played the SNES Same. version. Yeah. But the uh, Genesis soundtrack... Yeah. Again, it kind of proves my point. I think I stated it a while ago where the Genesis hardware, and with like the exception of Matt Furness and maybe a couple others, but Genesis music hardware in the hands of Western composers just was not a good
0: combination yeah. for me. No, I'm with you. I, I think there are some composers that could do the Genesis justice, but not this type of song. This type of song is very specific to the instrumentation. And I think that yeah. unless you're trying... If you're trying to make a really good like song that's either dance or rock, you can do amazing things with the Genesis. But when it comes to a song that is a little bit more atmospheric, a little bit more spooky uh, sounding, or I'm sorry, spooky (laughs) sounding, uh, you really got to go with the Super Nintendo for the instrumentation alone. Uh, The MIDI processor that the sound had really kind of nailed being able to uh, identify individual instruments. Perfect example those organs in this song. Definitely, and, and definitely. Like the, this this
1: had I always felt like it was kind of a very loose, like almost gypsy rock kind of yeah feel to it. It's got a and, nice uh, like
0: rockabilly kind of beat.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I love at the end where it feels like you. I actually feel like you're getting cornered by zombies yeah. and they're all laughing and growling at you, and then it like just like kind of like stops at the end. And then and there's like, that last one. There's that one, one, that one last little like, zombie. Like, Urgh. It's like Urgh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of, of all the spooky songs that we've played today, spooky. This one definitely has like the best i think kind of being chased feel yeah. to it towards yeah. you in a comical way of course but really kind of t- tells a story along with
0: the uh, with the music yeah no i really like the i guess it's a uh, accordion sound to it yeah yeah sounds like an accordion which is cool because who hears an accordion in a video game soundtrack mm-hmm
1: not too many songs yeah. to have accordions. I'm, I'm thinking about the harmonica from Plock, but that's a similar tone, but right. not really the same.
0: Yeah. So, the game itself is fantastic. This is a really fun game. Yes.
1: It was developed by LucasArts and published by Konami, which right. is a weird combination that to is begin weird... with. But it's an overhead, multiplayer, kind of shoot em up fest, yeah. slash with puzzler, slash... Yeah. it got a whole bunch of different elements.
0: It's, it's a weird like, yeah. <laughs> it's a weird top-down... Shooter that's it's just very interesting feeling because you get all these really wacky, silly guns. You get, you can get like a hedge clipper type thing, or like a it's like a weird, like saw wheel type thing. Yeah, you can get like projectiles that you can kind of arc uh, to throw. You fight all different kinds of uh, monsters. I mean, you fight like chainsaw monster dudes, you fight like little babies that are like possessed. Um, which those are the most annoying. I can't stand those guys. In a lot of ways, it feels like a very enhanced version of like Fester's
1: Quest. Yeah, like, it kind yeah. of continues that kind of theme. Yeah, where top down, you're making your like way through a, like kind of a maze like right.
0: area. The whole point is you got to save your neighbors from becoming zombies. So if the zombies touch the neighbors, that's it. They're done and they get killed. And so the title of the game should them. really be "Zombies Haven't Eaten My Neighbors Yet." Yet. Or save my zombies. No, save my neighbors from zombies. Save my neighbors from zombies? Yeah. It gets a little wordy though. Yeah. Zombies ate my neighbors. Zombies ate Which my was neighbors. was actually only called
1: Zombies in Europe. Oh, really? Because they felt that. And they actually censored a whole lot of the. That's a shame. Gore and blood and stuff out of the European versions because they felt it was too violent. So, mm. yeah, those listening not in North America would know this game just by the name Zombies. Right. Zombies. That's and a shame. even even the, um, the artwork for the cover very very cartoony the zombies look like the the plants versus zombies kind of zombies yeah i was going to say
0: like 50s like it 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 seems like almost like they took a page out of night of the, the Living north Dead.
1: american cover yes it's right. a very 50s kind of horror vibe right, to it right. but the the european very cartoony oh, really? they they dumbed it down quite huh. a bit yeah
0: that's a shame yeah, that that cover art is iconic. Mm-hmm. Like, you see the, the... yellow and red American spiral cover. in the background. Yeah. 3D glasses. Yes, yeah, yes. it was a lot of,
1: lot of fun to look at. Really cool. And I think, you know, I, I definitely rented this game when I was a kid. And I think the cover of it is basically, like, what drew me towards oh, the box absolutely. to begin with. And I think yeah. Nintendo Power did a pretty good spread on it, too. That's what she said. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I remember seeing this game but never playing it until, you know, the past, like, I don't know, six, seven years. It was always one of those games that I was like, I'm going to pick that up, I think. Or I've heard about it, and I was like, ah, I've heard about this game, I've never played it. Hmm. And then just one day I took the plunge, and I was like, you know what? it's like 15 bucks right now, let me buy it. I picked it up and had a blast. Yeah. It got pretty far, but it's a really difficult game. It gets really hard. It gets complicated. Yeah.
1: And it's uh, all about managing... Your inventory with your weapons, and then you're also trying to find all these, you know, neighbors before they get eaten, so... You have
0: to use that radar. Like, if you do not use the radar in the game, you pull up the radar with L and R, and that is just... You have to use that radar, because if you don't, you'll just be searching and searching and searching, and you'll have no idea where the neighbors are, they'll get eaten, and then... Even sometimes when you see your neighbors, they might be like...
1: Right beyond a wall that's yeah. just
0: north of you, but yep. you've
1: got to go this whole long yeah. way around to end yeah. up getting to them, and find three keys in the process. Right. So the game kind of messes with your head.
0: It's it's difficult. I yeah. will say that it's definitely a maze feel to it. There's even a level where you go through these like hedges, and uh, this like maze of hedges, uh, very similar to like Castlevania '64, where you're trying to escape from the Frankenstein with the chainsaw, and it's kind of similar because you're trying to escape these chainsaw dudes that are really really fast. And uh, so you gotta try to slow them down and then try to get around them and everything. So it's it's really definitely recommended. I think the game is a little bit more expensive now than when I picked it up for. I think it's like an average loose $30 game, but it is definitely recommended. Get it while you can, because price is just gonna go up, people.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's very true. All right, so we all know that Mike always tries to slip at least as much Castlevania Spooky. into these non-Castlevania episodes as he possibly can. So this is Master of Darkness for the Sega Master System. It's basically kind of like a Castlevania clone. Didn't we play a track from Rusty on the last Spooky Tunes episode? We did, so... So yeah, yeah. this is continuing that, that uh, tradition of non-Castlevania Castlevania games. This one is called Epitaph. This is the Stage 3 theme from Yoko Wada and Takashi Horiguchi.
0: Master of Darkness. Master of Darkness. (laughs) (laughs) And that was on the Sega Master System. Master System. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Track (laughs) was called Epitaph. Stage 3.
1: Stage 3. Yeah. Haven't been there yet. No. I've gotten through to stage 2
0: in this game. This game looks awesome. It is. I picked this track, but I haven't played this game. Uh. Dude, you haven't played this game. It came out on the Sega Master System and also the Game Gear, I believe. Right. There it was, was called core. Dracula, I think, or just... It was just called yeah. Vampire, I think, Vamp- on the Game
2: Gear. Yeah. I don't
1: know. But So having an EverDrive was nice because I got to actually play it on my Genesis. So it was really good. I was actually so impressed with the graphics, I thought it was a Genesis game at <laughs> first. It looked that good. Yeah, it looks uh, great. It plays very smooth, moves very smooth. It's, it's definitely Castlevania clone. I mean, you know, you walk up and down stairs, instead of whipping candles for items, you basically use your sword or whatever weapon you have in your hand at the time. Right. There's like little floating masks. You smash them to get your items. Items, right. And uh, it yeah, is- you, you press up and attack to throw your special item. The enemies are very similar bats that fly out of nowhere.
0: You fight Dracula in the end. I mean it yeah. is Castlevania basically, just without the Belmonts.
1: Yeah. And it's it's um I'd say it's about as linear as like Castlevania three, so you know levels yeah. have beginnings and ends, but there's a couple different ways you can go. <laughs> Branching paths. Right. Right. So but not as open world as like right. Castlevania Two. Right, so. right, right, right. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And the music is suitably creepy. I really like the first stage theme. Mm-hmm. And the stage three theme has that... I like that little middle part where the
0: melody is like...
1: Doo, 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 doo. Yeah. So that's kind of like my favorite part I of the just, song.
0: I really enjoyed the beginning. The da 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 Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. With the piano that kind of trails off. It's like really awesome. Like it feels like clock tower a little bit almost. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. And then it kind of... Later on in the song gets like... Kind of pumps you up a little mm-hmm. bit more. It's just like... Really strong-sounding organs that kind of have that, again, Castlevania vibe to them. Very ascending, descending harmonies. So really top-notch work here. The soundtrack was done by Yoko Wada and Takashi Horiguchi. What do we know about them?
1: Well, Horiguchi started off around 92, worked on Alien Syndrome for the Game Gear, also did Ninja Gaiden for the Master System, so we have talked about him in the past. Okay. Vampire Master of Darkness which is what it was called on the Game Gear so that came out in 92
0: and that actually did come out in the US a year later
1: oh cool yeah on the Game Gear well that would be something cool to pick up yeah Uh, World Cup Soccer for the Game Gear SD Cayman Rider for the Super Famicom a couple other Cayman Rider games and uh, the last game he was credited for was Arabian Nights on the SNES that was a that RPG you keep telling
0: me about right there was just was two oh,
2: Arabian no. Nights games, right?
0: <laughs> no, there was that beat up that we played. Oh, the arcade beat up called Ar- Arabian Nights. Arabian Nights, or Arabian Fight? Arabian? No, it was Arabian Nights. It I was think. Arabian Nights? It no, it was Arabian Fight. I think it was Arabian oh, Fight. Oh, yeah, there's a four-player... Yeah, beat up yep. It was that one that had the really cool graphics that kind of went... Would scale scale as you like got closer really to the awesome screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yoko Wada,
1: who worked on Tecmo World Cup 2 for the Sega Master System, as well as Dynamite Duke, James Buster Douglas Knockout Boxing, the Game Gear version of Outrun, so all basically Game Gear and Sega Master System games, Tecmo World Cup 93 for the Master System, Tom and Jerry the Movie for the Game Gear, buster fight ronald mcdonald and mcdonald's magical world last game in 95 was godzilla for the game gear so overall yoko wada's got about like 25 master system and game gear games to her name so she really knew that hardware pretty well
0: yeah i think that's my biggest dislike about the game is that it came out on master system no offense to master system i think it's a really fun system and the games there are some really fantastic games on the system but my, my big problem with it is the songs kind of sound a little poo-poo.
1: There wasn't a lot of low end, right. unfortunately, on the yeah. Game Gear Master System hardware. So, yeah, you ended up with a lot of very mid and high range right. tunes. And it works pretty well for a Castlevania style. Yell. But yeah, I really do kind of miss having that bass and a lot of that percussion mm-hmm. just didn't pop very well. Right. Unfortunately, you know, the, the Japanese version of the Master System did have FM capabilities. Yeah. And the FM version of a lot of the tracks that came out in the U.S. as just the regular wavetable synth versions, or the PSG versions, sounded
0: ten times better. You can plug in a power adapter for the Master System into a Genesis, if I recall, and there's a hack, some sort of like mod or a hack that you can do, which will make it so that you can hear a lot of the games that have the programmed in... Oh, no, that's cool. I know there's that... a device out there that
1: specifically includes the right uh, YM thirty four twelve chip. I think it okay. was. So if you plug your Genesis or your Japanese Master System games into it, you could you could play it through your either American Master System or mm-hmm. Genesis
0: via the Power Base Converter, and be able to hear the games with the music as intended. They talked about it on GameSack. Actually, GameSack talked about it when they covered the Master System. And most a good chunk of the games that they played, they played through the modified hardware and it sounded so, so much better. Hmm.
1: I wonder if the Everdrive can do that through the Genesis FM hardware. I'll have to I'll have to try that, because I don't think I've played any games on my Everdrive that have taken advantage of the FM hardware. Man. No, I'm curious. Yes. That's what I'm gonna do when I'm gonna go home. Curious, George. Too bad wife, too bad kids, it's FM time.
0: That should be like the Pixel Tunes radio like like <laughs> the like logo? like lo- like slogan our, our mantra Yeah Too bad kids too it's bad wife. wife
1: it's FM time <laughs> It's
0: FM time That's right
1: Story of my life Your anyway. wife will,
0: your, your wife will get a kick out of that. So
1: my favorite part about Master of Darkness is that your protagonist's name is Dr. Social <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> He
1: wow. just you know Why? Well because I don't know there's there are murders all over London and so who are
0: you going to call? Dr. Doctor social,
1: social. He takes it upon himself Doctor being social. being the social butterfly that he is to go and investigate these murders around London and I guess investigating these murders around London involves killing lots of bats and ghosts. Don't go ghostal. I'm Dr. Social. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would not get you very many clients. <laughs> I know, at least from what I've played, the first boss that you beat is like kind of a take on Jack the Ripper. Right. So you get a lot of these historically based it's, villains it's, and monsters.
0: It's weird. It's like Dracula is the main bad guy, but he's like the he's, puppet master he's behind like the all these master, monsters, like kind of like making it so that people think it's Jack the Ripper because it takes place during that time, sort hmm. of. But it actually ends up being Dracula. How did they admit that? Were they like? People were like, I see this man over here who has died. He has two holes in his neck. That seems like Jack the Ripper. Maybe it's Jackula the Ripper. <laughs> Jackula. Oh, boy. That sounds like a porno.
1: Right? Uh, let's not go there. Oh, no way. Whoa. All right, so moving on. We're sticking with the 8 era for a change. And this is a game that um, kind of has its hooks... In uh, the history of Resident Evil And we'll talk about that after we listen to the track This is Sweet Home Spooky For the Famicom This is the central lobby tune Written by one of our favorites, Junko Tamiya Mm -hmm.
0: Tones. Hi. Hi. I'm Ed. It's, <laughs> I'm spooky. <laughs> um, that was sweet home for the Famicom, also known as the Nintendo Entertainment System.
1: Yes. For quite a long time, this game kind of went unknown and ignored by American audiences and North American and, and European audiences because True. it was only released in Japanese. And you need to understand the text in the game in order to play the game. Mm-hmm. Very kind of complex, kind of an RPG and so in the early 2000s, it might have been 2000 actually, The an English translation was released for right. the game. And immediately the game became extremely popular because it's known as probably one of the best Famicom
0: games to ever be released for the system, and it never came out over here. Well, there's two reasons why the game became popular. One is because it inspired the Resident Evil series. Right. Two is because... Again, Derek Alexander did a review on it. I didn't. Mean, sorry, I didn't mean for that to sound so like, <laughs> whatever, he did another review. Um, I mean, he is the main inspiration behind my show. Yeah. But he did a phenomenal review on Sweet Home, and it is really good stuff. Right, and it was also based
1: on a popular movie That's in right. Japan, too. So fans of the movie... Asian cinema fans in the US were also wanting to get their hands on this game, but but couldn't play it if they didn't know the language. Yeah,
0: Asian horror films are interesting. They're a lot more psychological, a lot more... The the American films are more cheesy, more like just thrash, like slasher films, horror films, but European horror and Asian horror have a more common theme to them. They're more psychological. They're not... The, they, there is some gore to a lot of them but a lot of them are more about kind of like freaking out people
1: yeah like Uzumaki and the audition right. Um. even the original version of Ringu had a little bit more yep. of a psychological bent to it than True. the version that came out in the US True. so yeah I was into all that stuff way beforehand so yeah. I've never actually seen the Sweet Home movie but Me learning neither. more about the game I kind of want to check it, it, it out it looks really cool we So should, we should watch that it involves a team of five Journalists who enter this abandoned mansion, who used to be owned by uh, this woman called Mamiya Ichiro, and she has some what was it, fresco paintings that were right. very valuable, and so she—they they find out that she the was ghosts... married, her kid died, right, uh, in an incinerator accident in the house. And so, Mamiya would take kids in and murder them as playmates for her dead child. Right. So, when she died, she wanted to protect the paintings. So, anybody that goes in there and tries to defile the house or do anything, so she basically haunts them and tries to kill them. Right. So. She
0: becomes trapped in the mansion. And-
1: right, right. So, the the way this this game works is that you end up in the house... In each of these five, so it's kind of similar to, like, Maniac Mansion, where you have different characters. Each character has an ability of their own. Switch between the characters. Like, one ability is that you have a vacuum.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Luigi's Uh, Mansion. Yeah, Yeah, I guess.
1: So, you know, but you might find, you know, you come to an area where there's broken glass all over the floor. clean it up, And the characters can't continue until the person with the vacuum gets there and sucks up the mess, and then they can go on. So it's a lot of teamwork. It does feel a lot like Resident Evil and looks a lot like yeah. Resident Evil. There's different endings um, you can get to. Resident Evil was actually going to be a 3D remake of Sweet Home oh, before really? they decided to turn it over into a zombie-oriented game. Yeah, so and, and
0: the early parts of Resident Evil very much feel like Sweet Home. I mean, you've got a team of people who go into this mansion and they get- locked in or whatever and you know they find all these horrors throughout the mansion so it does have that very horror-ish feeling yeah to it. yeah very this
1: is kind of credited home. as being one of the first survival horror games yeah, ever made true. or at least to bring that kind of genre into the into the forefront yeah the music was composed by junko tamiya and as i keep saying with all of her games man she doesn't have like this particular style that you can like on her, you yeah. know, like with a lot of different composers, you can tell easily off the bat, oh, Iko Mizutani, totally, mm-hmm. totally easy, you know, or, or, oh, definitely Naoki Kodaka, but right, Tamiya, you look at Little Nemo, you look at Bionic Commando, you look at this game, they're all very, very different from each other, and I think it's just really cool how she can do that.
0: Yeah, well, I think part of the reason for that is because of the audio engine that she used, which was developed by Yoshihiro Sakaguchi. For the NES and basically the way it works is they write out all the music, they compose all the music on a keyboard uh, using an MSX computer, which in Japan at the time were huge. I mean, they everybody had They workhorses. Pretty much. And then they would convert the music over to Hex to work with that engine and that's how a lot of the music got created in Capcom's house. Mm. So I think because she developed all the music with a specific engine, that's the part of the reason as to why these songs all had different flavors and different styles. Yeah. But it kind of shows because she also did uh, work when she left. After she left Capcom, she did a bunch of work for like stage shows and, and things that were not video games. And so she is obviously a composer first and a programmer second. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. So she decided to take a career in music instead of... Pretty furthering much. her programming
0: career in I, games. I guess she recently went to Bit Summit last year with some of the other Capcom composers, and I guess she had such a good time that she was like, Yeah, I want to get back into this. That's so, awesome, man. I would love to see her come oh back my to music. God, definitely. Um, she's composed for one of my favorites, Little Nemo and the Dream Master. Love that game. Fantastic soundtrack. Little Nemo and the Dream Master? Little Nemo the Dream Master. Yeah, that'd be weird if it was and the Dream Master. Who's the Dream Master? Spooky. <laughs> um, did the work for Bionic Commando, both on the NES and Game Boy, and a couple other systems, Commodore 64, the Spectrum. They were all, like, covers, though.
1: No, Tim Fallon did the music for the Spectrum version of Bionic Commando. Yeah, but the music itself was covered. Originally written by her not Junko no uh no. it was originally what's her face from Mega Man 3 Harumi Fujita oh, okay. wrote the original soundtrack for the Arcade Bionic Commando Oh interesting and uh, a couple yeah, of those the songs were left in and Junko Tamiya ported them to the NES Bionic Commando Oh okay and so but the majority of the NES Bionic Commando was written by Junko Tamiya oh, okay. herself so well, there you go gunsmoke <laughs> bit of history there
0: right um, gunsmoke uh, Street Fighter 2010 the final fight Strider for the Genesis, Strider 2 for the arcade, Bionic Commando Rearmed, which were covers. So she's just basically like. Well,
1: uh, Simon Vickland wrote, wrote,
0: rewrote a lot right. of Junko Tomiya's works. Right, but it was all, a lot of it, it was themed based on. Yeah,
1: but she was credited for the original songs. Right, of the game. exactly. And. uh name Viper, too. Yeah, that was also a really good game. Yeah. I don't know, I love the bass. That. Dung, 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 yep. dung. I mean, that sounds kind of like almost Goblin 2, oh, uh, absolutely. as well. Oh, this this is, like, the quintessential, like, horror. Like, you want to do a horror soundtrack on the NES, this is how you do it. This is, I guess, probably the scariest soundtrack I've heard on the NES I so agree,
0: far. I agree. I mean, there were some other games that came out that were also pretty frightening, like Chiller, which had a lot of gore, yep. which was an unofficial NES title. And, you know, there was mostly campy stuff that was more like, you know, the baby Felix-type stuff, yeah. uh, or Fester's Quest. It kind of dabbled in spooky, but it wasn't actually spooky. Yeah, or like so, ghouls and ghosts where yeah. it's got you know like a Baroque kind of feel. To right, it, but, or Castlevania, you know, yeah. those types of But games. this has like a psycho feel too. This to is it. like totally a psychological thriller, horror movie thing. So, survival yes, stuff. Survival stuff <laughs> and cheese. So definitely check out Sweet home, really spend some time with it, devote some time to it, because it is not one of those types of games that you just pick up and play. It is very much the type of title that you need to sink some heavy time into. Yeah, and it's so fun. Right off play. the bat, it's fun. Oh, agreed, agreed. It's not like you're going to spend time and hate yourself for no. it.
1: I mean, you, you, it's not like you're, and it's also not one of those games where it's like you get into the mansion and you're creeping around for like, you know, half an hour. And then, what then, you, then you realize that something creepy is going on. No, you get right. in that first room and there's that ghost and she's like, you're screwed. Right. You're locked in Get out Anyway Peace. you can Like you immediately Know what's going on The exactly. tension's immediately high So it's immediately a Kind of engrossing And pulls you right
0: in So cool. Definitely a fun one Alright let's Listen to our last track Which is Another Castlevania Type of song And It is My final pick It is Blood Rain Betrayal And this is A song This is a song Silly. Called Sanguine Nightmare From Jake Kaufman Thank you. That was blood, rain, betrayal.
1: As played by Dragon Force.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This, well, I would say heavier than Dragon Force. Dragon Force is really power metal-y. True, true. This is more more thrashy, chuggy. Yeah. So the song is called Sanguine Nightmare. or Sanguine. Sanguine. I don't know. So Jake Kaufman did the soundtrack to this game, amongst many others. I think one of the main reasons why he wanted to do this soundtrack is And again, I can't speak for him, but because I know that he is a pretty big Castlevania fan and a pretty big Konami music fan. He's done several concept albums or several albums that use... What is it? The VR6... VRC6 chip. VRC6
1: chip. Which he also used for Shovel Knight. Right,
0: correct. And so it's very Konami-sounding, like Capcom Konami. More Konami, I'd say, than Capcom. But this particular song and soundtrack have... An NES counterpart which he also included in the game that you can unlock with a special code which is really cool so if you're looking for a fun little title that is very difficult but also is like retro kind of skinned or themed uh, definitely go with Blood Rain Betrayal it is the third game in the Blood Rain series have you played any of the other Blood Rains
1: I have Uh, okay I have now Blood Rain Betrayal got terrible reviews it did which is a shame So you're saying that it's a little bit
0: better than was led on by the critics? I mean, okay, so I've played... uh, I've beaten Blood Rain, the first Blood Rain. Mm -hmm. I I picked it up. That was actually the first time I've ever played a video game and heard the F-bomb dropped. Because you're going around as this, like, slinky, sexy, vampirous girl who's Rain. That's her name, is is Rain. She occasionally will slip out the F-word. And that really shocked me, because <laughs> I had never heard the F word ever in a video game, so I was like, whoa, blown away. But she's very, like, slinky and, like, sexy and, like, vampire. She's a vampire rich. assassin, are, so, Exactly. Yeah. And the game takes place kind of like half in the Nazi era and also half in the modern era, so to speak. first game got really bad reviews as well, I don't know if you remember. Second game got better reviews. Second game was actually, I feel like the controls were a little tighter, a little bit better. But the third game, they basically they dumped everything, and WayForward actually took over. Majesco, I guess, got the license for it to publish it in in the in North America, and WayForward Technologies went with a completely different route. They were like, you know what? We're gonna make this like a Castlevania type game. It's almost like, I would say, like if you took Castlevania and gave it really like good tight controls and also made it very fast paced and almost like a boss rush thing almost where you're like adding in combos and stuff like that Hmm. I was terrible at the game but I had a lot of fun playing the game That's all that matters. It was also really difficult and there were tons of enemies and and from the reviews that I read I I downloaded the game because I heard the soundtrack first in the trailer for it and was like this soundtrack sounds awesome, it's Jake Kaufman, love Jake Kaufman I'm going to download this, I'm going to check it out and so I downloaded it and played it, and I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was a lot of fun. I just felt that it was very difficult, yeah. and a lot of reviews, like, r- really hammered home the fact that it was a difficult game. And I'm like, this game was designed to be an old school, like, two and a half D side-scrolling hack and slash.
1: Yeah, game. difficult doesn't automatically mean bad. Of exactly, course.
0: and I think a lot of reviewers forget that that just because it's a difficult game, that doesn't make it a bad game. Yeah.
1: So the music is—you described it as metal Castlevania, yeah. which I kind of agree with. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's my favorite Kaufman soundtrack ever. I mean, I really like Mighty Switch Force. Yeah. I and that—that's like an entire 180 from this oh, soundtrack, yeah. and it's—it's it's so amazing how Kaufman can just write. You could basically just hire him and be like, I don't know, I want you to write like Spanish folk pop art jazz fusion with a little bit of contemporary classical thrown in, and he'll be like, all right, fine, and no, wouldn't blink an eye, and he would give you exactly no, what you want. No, seriously,
0: wanted. I don't know if you saw his YouTube page, but he started doing on his YouTube, he would take like themes that people would give him for classic tracks, and he'd pick a track and just apply it to that theme. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, to give you an example, he did Cutman's theme. With like Jewish fiddler on the the roof style, yeah, fiddler on the (laughs) roof, like uh, that type of music, like the klezmer uh, orchestra or klezmer band, and it is phenomenal. It is really good. Actually, his I talked to him on Twitter, and uh, had mentioned that I really enjoyed that track, and was like, you know, props for you know including like the Jewish themes, and I'm Jewish, and he was like, yeah, I'm Jewish. He's like, actually, my dad was. Uh, a, a a cantor and mm-hmm. I, the whole point of uh, a cantor is they're kind of like I guess you could say like the person that leads the I don't want to say the orchestra but it's like you know how in church they have like an organ I guess you could say Jewish people they have uh, a cantor who does like all the oh, you know the singing and stuff and so it kind of so it kind of shows that in his family he had like this idea of what the Traditional Jewish sounds should sound. That's awesome. Like. So he was really kind of ensconced
1: in it. So it made exactly. sense that it would
0: work out for him. Exactly. And so you need to definitely. Uh, I'll post that track on the Facebook group so you guys can Yeah, check I'd love it out. to hear it myself. Yeah, it's really. It's very fun. But, anyways, back to Blood Rain. So this game takes place. I believe it is taking place in between the first and the second game. Sometime not, between like the year zero and the year 5000? Yeah, something like that. Um, <laughs> I don't remember too much of the plot to be honest there wasn't a lot of plot if i recall i think there were some random cutscenes that kind slinky of slinky vampire chick beating up other dudes right That's really all that matters right right so yeah it's it's cool i mean i would recommend it if you're looking for a castlevania ish type game to play just keep in mind this i don't want to say it's easier than castlevania i also don't want to say it's harder it's different hmm. Definitely check it out if you can get it for a cheap price. It's a digital-only title, so you can download it, play it on Xbox 360, PS3. I believe it also came out on PC as well.
1: Awesome. Cool. Hopefully by our next Spooky Toons episode, Volume 3, Bloodstained will be out. We'll be able to share some awesome tracks from that. In the meantime, head over to bloodstainedfanforums.wordpress.com. Our buddy Mike McDaniel runs a podcast there and they're talking all about you know the new Bloodstained game that's coming out Castlevania games of the past and uh, so he's only put out one podcast so far about a month ago but they're definitely going to do more and you can join the forums he's got a lot of really cool stuff so I just wanted to give him a shout out because he's doing a lot of really good work over there yeah
0: absolutely yeah
1: and I I think they are the official forums for the Bloodstained game which is which is really cool that is cool so you can get all the information about the game first from there
2: yeah
0: oh man what else are we talking about
2: spooky
0: (laughs) that's what we're talking about (laughs) next time on Pixel Tunes Radio we're not gonna tell you that's right tough luck we're sick of telling you guys what we're doing in two weeks yeah that's right so it's gonna be a surprise you're gonna you're gonna listen to us that's what you're gonna do you're gonna
1: (laughs) listen to us call each other names for two hours yeah yeah (laughs) called that's basically what it is anyway so spooky no more spooky. spooky. No more spooky for another year. Spooky! No. Spooky. No. I don't I don't even think we're doing Castlevania next year, October. Lies. I don't know. We'll have to talk about that. We'll figure that out. Silent Hill. We're
0: doing Silent Hill next Silent year. Hill. Silent yeah. Hill. Silent Hill. Silent Made Hill
1: it. and then the Spooky Tunes 3 for October next
0: year. Oh, you gotta do spooky tunes.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, man. Alright, so. I'm gonna go ring some doorbells. Back for some candy. Awesome. In the meantime, if you guys are listening to us on iTunes or on your iPod or your iPad or your iPhone or your iDevice, please, please stop over. Your iDude. Your iDude. Your iThing. <laughs> iDude. Please stop over at the Pixel Tunes Radio podcast area. Please give us a rating, write us a little review, help us get a little bit more visibility so other people can come check our podcast out. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. As usual, you can see all the show notes and links that we've talked about during the show at pixeltunesradio.com. We'll also have our YouTube feed posted there as well, and that originates from youtube.com
0: slash dongled. Yes, youtube.com forward slash dongled, or just go to YouTube and type in Pixel Tunes, and then put a space, and then put radio. Absolutely. Also
1: check us out on Twitter at Pixel Tunes Radio, and our central hub for all the BGM-related activity that we talk about and other people help us out with is facebook.com slash groups slash Pixel Tunes Radio. All of our friends that have guested on the show, and other YouTube personalities, and other YouTube podcast guests uh hang out there and we talk about video game music post video game music share video game music we have a couple chiptune composers that are fans of our show as well and they post original stuff there and we just hang out and talk
0: about our episodes and stuff yeah and cheese anything video game related <laughs> and cheese yes if you like video game music and you want to talk about it this is really the best place to do it because not only do we talk about video games. We also talk about video game music, and so if you are looking for a place to kind of go to kind of share your feelings, because we get a lot of people that join the group, and they're like, oh, you know, I've been listening for a long time, but I didn't really, like, you guys have talked about the group and everything, but, you, you know, I didn't really know about what was going on there. To give you a preview, it's basically us just talking about video games all day, off and on, so we kind of go back and forth with various different things that we talk about, depending on the theme of the episode. And even people will just jump in and be like, hey, I have this really cool thing that I wanted to share. And you can do that too. So it's not one of those type of things where we just post, that's more like our Facebook page. Don't go to the page, go to the group, because that's where you can go and join us and check it out. So again, that's facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash Pixel Tunes Radio. Exactly. Word. If you've got a favorite video game song that we
1: haven't played yet that you'd like to share with us, Post it in the group.
0: Let us know, because you you never know. I think we may have a fan favorites episode coming up in the near future. Not next episode, but in the near future. Possibly. Word. Possibly. We'll let you guys know.
1: Yes, exactly. All right, right. so we'll be back in two weeks with an unnamed secret theme. An
0: unspooky.
1: Yeah, we're getting towards fall and winter, so we've got another winter episode coming up pretty soon. Ooh, That'll be fun. Yay! Stupid ice levels. (laughs) 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 nip slippers alright so we'll see you guys in two weeks thanks for joining us we don't normally do outro songs but we felt today we'll give you a little something special this is Jake Kaufman's NES version of Sanguine Nightmare this is our spooky trick and treat for you guys peace out
0: Spooky.